Okay. So. We're going to have Michael go first. Mystery. Last one. Ended around November 15th, November 16th, mid-November. The Ides of November. We're going to put this one at the end of November. What that would mean is I believe you would have... Um, Maher would have gone through at least three of the four uh, follow-up surgeries that he needed. So he's really only got the one. Is there anything specifically that we have for Duncan for this mystery? Because it sounds like it's mostly Luke. It probably is mostly Luke. It's mostly Luke. I imagine Duncan's going to be there for Melody. Okay. Where does Wolf go when he's deep in thought? Typically high up. That's why he likes rooftops. Okay, so he, okay, so because um, people don't normally go on the rooftops. This is probably information that you get while you're in that quiet space, but you have time to think about Kenny and think about the person that looked like Kenny, and you have time to recognize that that was Johannes. Um, do you tell? Did you tell anyone that that was Johannes? Who was all in the base at the moment? I would say it's Dr. Robinson. Um, Alicia has popped by for a little bit. Um, Margaret is there. Johannes is there. He's still transformed. Uh, if Margaret's there, probably Margaret. Probably. She'd okay. be the one that right. makes the most sense. So th that would make sense why she's there as well. Um, they don't know how to untransform him is the whole thing. Um, they have limited communication. The communication you have been able to get with him, other than him being apologetic for what he's done, is the fact that A, he can't control his impulses right now, and B, he's been holding on to, um, his self-control when it comes to, um, transforming and not transforming, that he's been holding it back for so long that this moon cycle, uh, just took it out of him, and he no longer knows if he knows how to willingly transform back because he's been holding back on that for so long. Uh, so he's worried that he's going to be stuck like that. Um, so there's just a giant beast cage in the middle of uh, what was like the area that had the gyroscope. Gyroscope's still there. It's just mostly like a bunch of Dr. Robinson's and Dr. Gakagi's equipment had to be moved. Um, Alicia's gotten some... Uh, leeway when it comes to talking with Johannes as well, but it's mostly an empathy-based talking. Like she can, she can read emotions better than she can understand language, and she's been triangulating a little bit through pizza, which, um, uh, disappointingly for her, has not been working as well as she'd like it to. We need a werewolf to talk to a werewolf. Um, roll. I'm gonna say a plus weird for me. Three. Okay, so a seven is a mixed success. Um, you get a, a, a bit of what you need. You think a werewolf is needed to talk to another werewolf, but you get blocked up by this really important thing, which is this is a bipedal werewolf. And you can already tell, based on what you've heard from what Margaret was saying a little bit, and from your experience seeing and talking to Lewis, uh, bipedal werewolves and... Four-legged werewolves can't communicate that well, and that becomes a problem because communication between werewolves, especially those that uh, can transform at will or even accidentally transform, um, if they can't communicate, there's a very good chance they'll kill each other. Lewis can't get close to Johannes. 
Johannes will body the shit out of him if he gets out of that cage. But Lewis can't even think straight past the instinct of this guy's got to go. So you're on top of the roof and you see somebody. Yeah, you can tell you can tell from the top uh, based on the hair that it's uh, Margot. She still has most of the bandages uh, and you see her walk uh, towards one of the openings in the forest clearing that actually lets her um, go back out to the uh, to the outside. Um, she uh, she's just gonna leave. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to how to get this started because you also um, I don't think I made any sort of roll for you, but I might make it a roll now. Roll a plus cool to resist something. And take a minus two. This is going to go very quickly. Five. Five total. Mark experience. Nothing happens. That's not I will say, there's a bit of a uh, an energy underneath your skin. Kind of like when you've had a really good like sleep or like you got food after a while of not having food and it's just starting to give you those kind of like those those initial sugars that you really needed. You have at the same time as that kind of good positive energy, um, you have an idea. L Lucas, Wolf already has a bit of a communication connection with Johannes. Um, that's why you were able to recognize Johannes. That's why you were able to pull in and see into his head. So, if you can figure out how to align yourself closely enough with something that is a werewolf, or figure out how to temporarily become Johannes's species, even something close to it, the added layer of communication that you have might bridge the gap that instincts is um, preventing. Johannes might see you as someone that he trusts in that moment, and if you can be a werewolf, you know, like things are starting to link together a little bit. But there is also that unfortunate implication of um, you may have to perform some at best body transmogrification. <laughs> you also um you also did receive some auxiliary information that the rest of the um uh, NPC group received from Rhonda and Mia as well. They're not actually looking anymore for uh, anything related to Johannes now that they you know it's kind of been figured out. Um they are looking for something and someone that may be able to help both Duncan and Melody. But it's a hard trip and they might be gone for, they just said, a little while. And then Mia drew a cute little Mia face right in the corner. Um, you can tell it's Mia that wrote the letter because it's very uh, hard to read. Um, but they will be back eventually. Um, they just need to find somebody um, because uh, they're owed a favor. And owing a favor in fake culture is, as Alicia puts it, a really big fucking deal. <laughs> but you you get that idea, and you're like, you know, you get it in your head. How do you feel about it, and what do you do? It's not the worst idea he's had. <clears throat> and it makes, some ki it makes some kind of sense. This isn't out of nowhere. Luke knows about the mortality rate of turning into a werewolf, yes? Mm-hmm. 75%. Uh... Probably go tell Dr. Robinson he had a horrible idea. 
Okay, all right. So uh, you're gonna um, you're gonna go into the uh, front door. You're gonna uh, walk past, and uh, you're gonna pass by. Uh, it looks like it's uh, Alicia who's just kind of like reading and relaxing a little bit. Um, Doctor Robinson. Uh, and Johannes is still in the cage. Dr. Robinson is by the cage. She has, she's kind of stopped studying him for the most part. And she really doesn't seem to, like, have any sort of reaction if, like, she gets too close and he jumps. Like, those, those lunges don't really bother her. Uh, and she, uh, she always, almost always, waits for someone else to initiate the conversation. But, um, I will say... There is one small difference, um, because instead of just looking at a clipboard, um, she is looking at her phone that is placed on the clipboard. And you can see her kind of, like, tapping away a little bit. Um, so she uh, doubly doesn't notice you when you come up. That's fair. So, uh, have you had any breakthroughs? Tap, 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 tap. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, she, uh, she shuts her phone off and, uh, uh, just basically, like, she puts her hand over it like she doesn't know what to do with it. She looks up and she says, uh, uh, no breakthrough so far. Although he seems to, um, he seems to be remorseful of his more aggressive actions. So that could indicate that he still has his higher thought, as was discussed when you were able to communicate with him. But, um, I haven't been able to break through much in terms of physicality. Uh, she, like, she moves her phone off to the side finally and flips up a couple pieces of paper. She says, as far as blood goes, it's, um, it's interesting to say the least. Um, I would have to take more time to really break down the, the DNA of what Johannes is right now. But it seems uh, rather familiar to the original Johannes. There's still, there's still a difference, um, a lot of anomalies, but uh, it's not really in the cards right now for me to physically transfer him into a new body. And obviously this blood is too different to just transfuse it over, and a brain transplant isn't going to work. And she just kind of sighs and she says, and things have been, she's like, it's been hard to keep focus, but um, she says, uh, I am, I'm doing my best. She says, um... How have you been? I have a horrible idea. Okay, alright. Well, no idea is completely terrible. What is it? So, considering the fact that I was able to see into his mind, I had the idea of what if I were to able to become a werewolf and try to talk to him? Hmm. She puts her clipboard down in her lap. She puts her hands over the clipboard. She says, hmm. Well, you are right. It's not the worst idea. Did you say... No, you just said it was a horrible idea. I said that there are no horrible ideas. Yes. Well, there are no horrible ideas. I've brought up ideas to other people and had them called horrible. And honestly, if they had followed what I had followed, they would have uh, saved a lot of money. But, the, you know, ethics gets in the way. Um, how would you become a werewolf? Is this that, uh, she, like, twirls her pen in a circle, she says, the, the, the magic you guys do that isn't technically science but could be quantifiable under science if we had the proper measuring tools, but we don't, so we just call it magic? That's the interesting part, considering that, to my knowledge, this particular species of werewolves has 
pretty much almost completely died out, besides possibly this one. Extinct, yes, yeah. I was also wondering about that, because I have been um, very excited to potentially try a, a polio vaccine on him, but I am worried it would destroy his constitution so bad that he may not recover. I'm still going to try, I think. Amongst other things. But not right now. I don't know how well it would take to werewolves. Especially bipedal, archaic werewolf. Yeah. But still, werewolves could get polio. That's something I don't want to think about. <laughs> it's fine. She like waves her hand a little bit. She's like, you're, you're under my care. There's really nothing that can touch you now. Physically. I'm working on the mental part. Besides that, um... One of the main reasons why I think that this species of werewolves is next to extinct is the very high mortality rate. Mm -hmm. I think it may actually be uh, even higher than 75%, just based on the constitution of his blood in general. Very, uh, very prone to infection. <laughs> very susceptible to many, many things. That's hence why I was considering uh, fortifying uh, good old Johannes once we figure out how to bring him back to a human form. Um, man could really get a cold and just straight up die. <laughs> I mean, when you're as old as I think he is, it makes sense. I don't think he's ever really kept up on his vaccinations, or had one, ever. Uh, Dr. Robinson's phone goes off. Um, she picks it up, looks at it, puts it back down. Um, one of the things that I will note, Dr. Robinson usually talks in a very slow, kind of stilted, floaty manner. Like, I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna go do whatever I wanna do. She's been more, um, not curt, but in her, um, in comparison to what she usually is, she's speaking a little bit faster. Her, her voice is a little bit deeper. She seems a little bit more agitated. Um, but, uh, she says, uh, yes, and the, um, the, I suppose, uh, fortifying his immune system responses will have to wait, but, uh, uh, do you think you would like to, um, and she, uh, she puts the clipboard down and she gestures to Johanna. She says, would you like to take the day to see if you could, um, mimic whatever, uh, form Johannes has taken? Uh, it's definitely worth a shot. And if there's anywhere that would be safest to do it, it would probably be in this main base. Um, I myself have to, uh, and she just, uh, looks over at something that isn't you and then it looks back she says i have to take care of a couple things on my end regardless um you know paperwork things to fill out i believe it is um it is halfway through maher's temporary work with me although i was considering extending it for the future um but i do have to uh i do have to push a couple things through um as well as take Alicia out of this base, obviously. So you would be alone with uh, Johannes in 7.1 if you're comfortable with that. That's fine. Okay. Johannes right. is in a cage at the moment, so... Johannes is in a cage. Johannes looks hungry. Um, he ate. He just kind of looks like that. That's a lovely feeling. Um, but she's going to get up and she's going to say, um, do your best. Um, record anything if you can. She, uh, she passes you a fresh clipboard. Yes, uh... Good luck. Try to quantify everything that you can. And then she just, like, hurries out the door. Which, not the way she, way she walks, either. Uh, but she does legitimately hurry out. And you hear her speak something kind of, like, um, low but quick to Alicia. And Alicia's like, oh, yeah, uh, we, we can we can go. It's That's that's fine. She's like, okay, good. Uh, I, she's like, we're going, we're going to leave then. And she's like, 
is this about the is this about Johannes? No, this is about something much more important. Let's go. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, I'm gonna let you do a big magic. It's gonna take two weird rolls. Let's hope my rolls are better than they have been. And then we're gonna switch over. Because this is gonna take a couple hours as well. My last roll, was it a, a use magic? Or was it just a weird? It was a weird. It was just a weird. So that's a 14 then. Okay, so that's a 14 on the first one. That means that this is going to go through successfully. This is going to be a very long process, even in the best case scenario. Roll for another use magic for how long this takes. Do I have that one thing yet? Do I have that thing yet? Do you have that thing yet? Do I have that thing yet? Do you have that thing yet? You finished with those errands? Are you finished with those errands? Who wants to go after, um, uh... Luke. That's going to be a 12. I think uh, Duncan wants to go. I think Duncan wants to go. <laughs> it's Duncan's turn. It's Duncan's turn. 12. 12? Okay. Alright, so. Um, you've hit the best case scenario, which is, you, you think you know how to do this. Um, you're almost certain you know how to do this. You also are certain of the fact that this is going to take usually best case scenario is 12 hours. I'm going to give it to you at an 8. It is noon. So it's going to take you until late into the evening to do this. But you're going to be given a little bit of quiet, a little bit of silence. Um, Duncan is where? At the manor? With another PC? I mean, we would think I'm on one I hang out with Duncan. No, I got lame. I'd probably be trying to work. But if I have no work, then sure, I'd be hanging in with them. I'm just I finally have the them. modern version of what I'm looking for. I, mean, I was going to say, at, with Duncan, at, least, busy work. at least out of the two siblings, uh, Duncan's pretty good at uh, doing what people tell him to do and not uh, being so mischievous that it fucks everything up considerably. He's the more responsible of the two siblings, even though he's a vampire. Why would that? Never mind. He's actually also a workaholic, so yeah, yeah. he would so, like, help you out too. If you if you needed somebody to push um, basic paperwork instead of just like it's the concept of having somebody to put papers away um, while you do the stuff that like you were skilled to do. Welcome, paperclip boy. But Duncan will accept this. <laughs> You're given the menial task of stapling papers. That's fine. Staple papers, you put them in folders. And unstapling other papers. And unstapling other papers to separate them and staple them into other papers and place them into brand new folders that you then put in a box and forget about. Um, but that also means that you're in um, one of the uh, work vans, actually, um, because it seems Dr. Robinson's preferred office is uh, really on the move. Um, it, it Sometimes it stays in one place, a lot of the times you'll stay in one place for a couple hours um, and then uh, Dr. Robinson will have to get up and go somewhere. Um, so it's just the same thing. It's just kind of used for it. Um, you guys aren't motion sick at all, right? I was about to say, we have like eight pounds of ground remaining. Yeah. I was about to say, Duncan, no. Duncan's not motion sick at all. Gets harder as you get older. That's fair. Um, couple of things Medicine. real fast. Duncan remembers the dream. 
Maher has started to remember the parts of the dream that had melody in it and that had cows. Mm. Um, have either of you talked about that at all? No, because of dream. Yeah, because of dream. Okay. Duncan probably would have brought it up in passing, like, but... What, what would Duncan have brought up? Yeah, this is important. Because if I could, if I could uh, legitimately deny it as coincidence, I will. I mean, I, my brain immediately went to the flower shop because that's like. Mhm. Yes. Yeah. It just gets it just gets mentioned. I would say like you're probably maybe partially listening to Duncan Maher, um, but you hear, uh, dream, flower shop, and then you hear tweezers. Um, and you you remember you remember. The, you, the 21st night of September. This isn't campaign one. Um, you remember a girl? You remember you that you knew what she looked like? Same girl that uh, you, you might have initially remembered Melody uh, when you had first seen her in the laboratory. And you remember it had caused an extremely big kind of like episode that you had to recover from. And ever since then, you've kind of just been compartmentalizing that and putting it off to the side. Um, so he says... Those keywords, you don't know quite what he said because you weren't listening, but you do hear them. So you know about magic, right? Yes. Okay, can people share dreams? This sounds like a question for someone who is way more experienced in magic than I am. All right, well, you stop stapling, Melody, and you give a call to, uh, what was her name? Melody? No. Um... (laughs) her name the old woman old woman old woman i want to say jocelyn that's definitely not Joanne. it Joanne. thank you nicole because i think we might have been sharing a dream i mean yes i could always give joanne a call i suppose yeah that might be important later actually that brings up a good point there's something i need to do as well okay we'll take your lunch <laughs> what's okay. uh what's duncan uh up to because I'll say it's uh, been a good couple hours, maybe six hours. He's going to knock down a certain barrier Joanne put in place. Oh, he's going to bring it down? Yes. All right, roll me a use magic uh, to uh, take Aren't down the physical barrier separating Duncan from the dream world. 13. All right, on a 13, it fucking... You move into this room. It's pitch black, and there's a golden door in front of you. Uh, its frame is wooden, and the wood is uh, decayed and dusty. You think, like, if you pushed it too hard, it might crack and creak and fall apart. But the door itself is solid gold with these intricate patterns right on the front of it. And there had not been a door handle previously, so you thought maybe it was a push or pull door. And there's a door handle now, and it, it, it if you touch it, you can almost tell before you touch it that it feels warm to the touch. And you touch it... And you think, oh, it's going to be hot enough to scorch. But it gets warm, and then it cools down to that uh, cold metal feel. You turn it, you open it. And the entire room around you uh, shatters. And you are in a desert. Um, It's more so to say you are in what looks to be an old kind of... uh, uh, It's a a city, but it's a city long decayed. Everything is sand, uh, and what isn't sand is um, broken down clay buildings. Um, some pieces of what look to be older, like swords and maybe chests and wood, 
And then, every once in a while, these more futuristic looking pieces that don't quite have an immediate function to you, but don't fit in with the rest of the world that you're in. It looks completely desolate. You have opened up um, a new area within your, uh, within your dream world um, that you have the chance to explore. And on a 13, I will say you'll be able to get back successfully if you just like to explore. Um, and I will think, and I'll write this down as well, because Duncan's going to want to talk with Melody about this too. Melody's popular. Pretty lady. Sims. It's also incredibly important, but I like saying pretty lady. I'm the simp here. Okay, Duncan explores the dreamscape. I will also have to say, this is specifically for Duncan. Um, Duncan's mental protections have been shattered. Yeah, he's having. This is um, going to have uh, ramifications in the future. Um, in the time that you get back, um, it will be barely minutes, uh, as opposed to when people leave for another place outside of Earth and take several weeks to come back. Um, this is uh, flipped itself. Uh, you come back exploring whatever you had explored, and maybe we'll do more of that in the future, but right now, m most of the effort that you were trying to put into was to open that door that had never been openable before. Um, and you almost feel a sense of freedom, but you also feel the sense that now, you know, you understand now that uh, you were not being watched before because you were invisible. And something has, at the same way that the eye catches movement when something goes across their field of vision, um, you have been caught in the eye of something. Uh, and that's all you get when you come back out and, I don't know, you go to like a, a sandwich shop and you grab a whatever kind of sandwich Duncan likes. I keep wanting to say cheese and egg sandwich, and I'm like, not everybody likes cheese and egg sandwiches. Jesus, what the hell is a cheese and egg sandwich? It's just a breakfast sandwich that I say in a very archaic, autistic way, because I'm autistic. You probably get a meatball sub. Meatball sub. It's the special sauce. <laughs> it's the special sauce on the meatball sub. No, I meant you. <laughs> no, I know. We're calling it, we're calling autism the special sauce. 